I'm Kylie McDaniel from Fangraphs.com, and on the other line, she just got back from her quick run to grab some Giants milk. It's Meg Rowley. Oh, man. (laughs) You really do better when Eric is here, huh? (laughs) I mean, you you did just go to the grocery store, didn't you? I did, and I did have to get half and half, and now it's so gross. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, you're never going to be able to look at it the same way. Good grief. Did, did you happen to see that on, on Twitter, I was, um, I believe the teens would say, dragged by the hipster coffee shop for making fun of their elite nut milks? Oh, no. Were you really? That's... I don't think I said the name of it, and they still figured out what I was talking about, that I was talking about them. <laughs> I mean, so, like, on the one hand, uh, I, I I got dragged for different reasons. Um, the, the almond milk versus cow milk uh, water usage debate raged in my chat today oh no and i cannot tell you how much i don't care i mean i do care because the environment's important but i don't care enough to people are talking about it in the comments of my chat and i don't i don't understand that behavior no matter what the subject is because you had it you had a chance to chat and it was the chat so why are you <laughs> not chatting in the chat the people that, that don't about? ask questions good enough to get in the chat then go into the comments with impunity. Right, right. Although sometimes I can tell that people have like a little bit of shame because I sometimes get um, I get questions that are untoward, shall we say? We shall say they're untoward. And those people do not show up in the comments most of the time. So that's good, although it does show that they want to harass me personally <laughs> which is bad but uh yeah so what did they say to you can you didn't retweet this you can't no well actually keith got involved too because keith, oh, keith was there oh. and i think he follows the guy that that owns Delightful. the shop um yeah keith, keith said that uh i merely wanted my coffee flavored almond milk in peace um, which isn't like 100 percent correct yeah and then no i think it was somebody listening to the podcast was i'm assuming they'll be listening to this and they just said oh on fangraphs audio like uh, Kylie dragged us for our elite nut milks, <laughs> which, which is you know, is Joe Flacco elite or nut milks elite? Like, there's there's a lot of questions to be answered. Um, I mean, I I maintain that the most important point to come out of all of this is still that it's not milk, it's juice. So you can fight whatever fight you want to fight, but that remains my battle. That is the hill that I will die on. But what you bought today, giant's milk, that is indeed actually milk. <sighs> you made it so gross. Wait, I did. I feel like Tormund did. You've linked things now. It's ruined. Um, so if you're listening to this, wondering why this has taken on the appearance of a McDonough and Hagen uh, podcast, it, it is a very, quote, very special McDonough and Hagen <laughs> podcast. Er- Eric is on the road. He is seeing games. He is in- incapacitated podcast related. However, I should have said that. He's a very busy boy. Yes. So uh, Meg and I have some very hot Game of Thrones takes to fire off. Yeah. Um, and so this, since we were on Fangraphs Audio last week, it made sense to have the uh, the home and home to end up on this podcast this week. So this will be, I would say, 90% of Game of Thrones. But I got a couple questions before we okay. get into this. Um, so here's my first one. Uh, Meg, let, let me paint a picture for you. You've decided oh, to no. buy an item online. Um, okay. You're, you're like kind of, you know, maybe it's a website you haven't been to before. It's a product you've learned about. You've decided to make the purchase. You get through. It's uh, one of those sort of, we'll say, off the rack um, 
uh, e-commerce sort of situations. Like it's a familiar looking setup, but it's a website you've never been on. And sure. you're about to put in your information, your credit card, your whole deal. You're ready to go. And then okay. you see there's an opening for a coupon code. Yes. You have no coupon code. You're not aware of any coupon codes. For all you know, this company doesn't even use coupon codes. Sure. What do you do? I Google to see if I can find a coupon code. And if you can't, then, then what do you I do? C- then I would complete my purchase if it was one I was going to make already, I suppose. See, I do all of those things, but then I'll, I'll just guess a few. Oh, <laughs> I always put in, uh, I always put in like the Pod Save America guys coupon codes just to see, because sometimes they'll do things, uh, or like the ringer often has coupon codes. I need, uh, for all of our, um, podcast listeners who are also podcasters and do ads, um, I'm in the market for luggage. So if you could do an away deal, that would be great because I need a new carry on. Uh, and I wouldn't be opposed to getting a Sonos soundbar because my soundbar is dying. So if y'all could get on that, that'd be great. See, I thought I was one of the hijack conversations. Where I was going with this was, I would like to think that the IT people at these companies, at the end of every month, look at all of the denied coupon codes and see what ridiculous stuff I have proposed could possibly be one. Because <laughs> every now and then you'll get one, it'll be like, oh, we're at a, you know, such and such is going to have a sale and just put in like April Fool's ha ha 19 and that'll be our code. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll be on a site and if I get a, you know, if I get the vibe for what their copy's like, I'll, you know, try to make a joke in their voice. And then I realize if somebody sees a list of these things, it's, you know, it's going to be not great for me if it's tied to my name. You just want good value. And I want to fire off a few jokes and just see if I can get good value and fire off a yeah. few jokes. Um, yeah. My other joke, I, my other joke, my <laughs> other question. Joke. <laughs> yeah. So I just came from uh, uh, Ikea. And oh, boy. I've, ne- I've literally never been there before, which I feel like is unusual. Yeah. Uh, and so I hung around a little longer than I, I planned just because I was like, well, if I'm here, I might as well hop around, kind of see what we got here. It feels like the two stock jokes about Ikea are, A, every time you go there, the first time you get lost. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my first time. There was definitely about five minutes there where I wasn't exactly sure where I was. So accomplished. The second one is to say, oh, yeah, I bought something. And then you launch into basically doing some gobbledygook that you think the Swedish chef would say and act like that's the name of a product. And then the joke is that it could be the name of a product. Yeah. It feels like that is the millennial version of what's the deal with airline food. Is this now like the most (laughs) hack joke available that if any guy that's not funny goes to Ikea or somebody in the group talks about Ikea, that joke's going to come out and you're going to not laugh? You know, um, I I think that 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 you may have – you may have actually landed on a keen insight, Kylie. <laughs> I don't mean to sound so surprised. That'll be all for this week's <laughs> podcast. Uh, it's not going to get any better than this. Um, did you at least have the good sense to not to, to follow the direction arrows in the right direction when you went to IKEA? Or did I, you try to swim upstream? Because I had to do that before. It was my mother's fault. And it is, and you know me to be an anxiety prone sort. That is maybe the most anxious I've ever been in my entire life was going the wrong direction in Ikea. Well, so the thing I, I was going to kitchen stuff and it's like, oh. it's like a third of the way in. And so I tried, oh, yeah. I tried to go back the way I came. No, you didn't, can't do that, Kylie. Didn't work. I, do, I was not advised. And so then I went downstairs thinking, oh, well, this is still the beginning. So I'll go downstairs. And then I realized I had to go all the way around. But now downstairs. And then that's when I was like, well, I'm not even sure what's in here. So I might as well just take a quick lap, get a little bit of exercise sure. and see what they got here. And it's, you know, it's pretty close to Bed Bath & Beyond. It's just a lot bigger and better and cheaper. And you don't need coupons. You don't need coupons. Um, when 
both my sister and my best friend were pregnant with their respective first babies. Um, you know, they they just wanted to walk um, toward the end of their pregnancies to, to make the baby come because they were really tired of being pregnant. And so we went to Ikea often and just like walked around because it's inside, it's air conditioned. You know, they were, uh, my sister was pregnant when it was quite hot in Seattle. And so she was like, eh, we'll just wander around. You, you, so can, that, you can sweat a baby out, I believe. <laughs> that seems like it's not science, but, um, yeah, I, I, you survived your first Ikea run. Congratulations. And I, and I bought nothing, but there was definitely a couple times where I was like, Ooh, if I knew what I needed, I definitely, wow. if I was ready to pull the trigger, I would have bought a couple things. I'm very impressed. Normally, Ikea can be a bit like Target in that you don't mean to buy anything and then you come away and you're like, I spent $200. I don't understand how this happened. And now I have this Ottoman. Where is it going to go? No one knows. Yeah, my house is already a little bit like that. So I was like, let me let me try to have like a unified plan here. And then I also found out that since I'm looking at kitchen things, there's this big kitchen sale where you can save a bunch of money. And uh, apparently it's coming in July and they're advising in like May because there's like a 90-day window where if you buy oh. it and then the sale comes within 90 days, they'll just give you, you the money. Your, right, you can and get so they your said, sale price. We think it's in July, wait a few weeks, and then you'll be within two months. That gives you a month buffer in case it gets pushed back and you'll be in business. So, Well, aren't they the most helpful employees there have ever been? Do you think our lifestyle podcast is going well so far? I think so. We're going to have Gwyneth Paltrow on uh, in the next segment to talk. Oh, no. I'm going to yell at her about science. All right, so maybe it's not going so well now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she doesn't know what she's getting into. It's fine. Um, should we talk a little Game of Thrones? Yeah, that's the rest of what we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. So l- let's first go over like some you know some general thoughts, and then uh, we have a, a little bit of an exercise at the end. But what, what were your impressions of the episode? Um, my general impression was that I was very concerned to learn how old Maisie Williams is in real life and how old Arya is supposed to be on this show. Mm-hmm. I learned some important things like about myself in terms of what um, I am comfortable watching on on television that is clearly geared toward adults. And I have learned that I am maybe fine watching an aunt and her nephew engage in uh, relations, but was deeply uncomfortable watching Arya uh, uh, enjoy her time with Gendry. Didn't like it. Did not need to. Didn't need it. I didn't need it. That's what I learned about myself. Um, she is not a minor in either the real world or the universe of the show, apparently. But I did send um, a very nervous G chat to uh, to Ben Lindbergh, who is sort of one of my resident uh, Game of Thrones experts, and was like, "So, how old is Arya supposed to be? I'm very uncomfortable because uh, Maisie Williams looks like she's 13." So I didn't like that part. You sound like a Kristen Wiig character the way you said that. <laughs> I didn't like it. It made well, me nervous. Here's the funny part. So I also was, I guess I wasn't consulted because I don't have any knowledge about this, but I was I was checking in to see your thoughts as I saw the episode. <laughs> I told you what one of my female friends who felt the opposite of how you felt. Yes. Uh, which she said. Yes. And I was like, all right, it's funny that like two people that, you know, I think are generally in the same area, sort of, you know, politically and whatnot, yes. um, reacted to this very differently. Um I guess I was somewhere in the middle. It just felt like a little much, especially for somebody like me that watched season one for the first time like a month ago. Sure. So she is she is a, recently a child as far as you're concerned. Yes. I would also say that between the Arya stuff, who is a 22-year-old woman portraying an 18, 19-year-old or so, as or that's our guess, um, yeah. that, that that upset you in some way, fine. Uh, the Giant's Milk joke uh, that also 
affected you in some way. However, I was, I was fine with that within the context of the show. I just don't like thinking about it within the within the context of the half and half. I'm going to pour into my coffee tomorrow morning. Well, that, I mean, you transposed that. I didn't say, "Hey, Maggie, got any half and half?" Here comes a joke. You were aiming for that. <laughs> you were aiming for it. But here, but here's the the end of that. So those two things bother you at some level. Um, sure. However, a show where I would say. Uh, what over ninety percent of the sex is either rape, incest, or prostitution? <laughs> Doesn't bother you quite as much. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, some of that I find quite disturbing. Um, I I am not a fan of of Jamie and Cersei. I'm just saying that like John and Danny are two attractive people who fell in love under less than ideal circumstances and face a complicated road ahead, and that happens. And you can root for those people. Sometimes it's fine. And, uh, you know, within the context of this universe, they're not so far outside the realm of what's normal. I don't know, man. I'm happy for Arya in, like, a general way. I'm just specifically uncomfortable because of the the way that the actress per- is is presented like I it just is uh it's just uncomfortable um when I was reading the like exit survey that the ringer put up I thought Michael Batman put this well that he would just like it to be clearer in the context of the show that she is just short and not a minor and I would also say the way it was shot it could have easily been like body double neck up like yeah I think that's what happened like it sort of implies that like something happened but it doesn't show you and yeah, I think it a little more than they needed to. I also asked uh, a friend today, um, what, how many other scenes have shown that much of the relations where it wasn't uh, ra- rape, incest, or prostitution? And the only one we come up with was uh, Sam and Gilly. We couldn't even think oh, of another one. Yeah. Oh, aren't they sweet? Very nervous for them. Because I mean, nervous. obviously, it's happened with other characters, but it hasn't sort of been portrayed in such a way. Like it's pretty much every other time that they show sex, it's one yeah. of those three things. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's like somewhat refreshing in a way that they like, you know, sort of like traditional stuff that like uh, is in normal pieces of media has had a spotlight shown on that. But then they had to make it like just weird enough that we're all like, eh, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, whatever. They're all going to die. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so important points. Um, so we're on the scale of one to ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say ten is the most safe. Uh, one is the least safe. Where would you yes. rank the Crips? Oh my god. Very unsafe. Very nervous for all of the women and children. They're like, hey, we, you know, like Titanic, the women and children, they get on the boats first. And this story, they're like, we're going to take the women and children, we're going to lock them in a hole with a bunch of dead bodies. And then the, the one thing that is notable about the person that's going to be uh, coming into our area is he can raise dead bodies and make them his own soldiers that want to kill all the living. Seems like a bad idea. Now, I guess the one question that I have is like, um, you know, how many... How many undead are we really talking about in terms of uh, uh, undead that could that could do some damage, right? Because the crypts are generally filled with, uh, you know, people who have been dead for a very long time, uh, with the exception of, uh, I guess, Ned, right? I don't do think that anyone... Do we know how anyone... long the, the whites have been dead? I feel like they're all just like... Uh... Well, there are some pretty skeleton-y... <laughs> folk amongst that crew but like some after a while you just like you do you know turn to dust or what have you and i doubt that um like anyone who died at the red wedding was returned that seems unlikely that 
that the phrase were like, yeah, here's Rob Beck. Well, that would be very concerning. I guess I'm unclear on like the longevity of a white. Like, can they well, do it for two thousand right. years, or right, are they better the... in year one? Like, how does that work? <laughs> What's the, the aging, aging curve? curve? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but it seems uh, it seems very much like they have entered Chekhov's crypt. So I'm nervous for them. It seems bad. Uh, so the other the other part of this fantastic plan included no discussion of uh, ice dragons or normal dragons, which feel like the biggest pieces on the board. Maybe we should discuss that. And then they yeah. have the um, most annoying, most hated, least powerful person guarding the one important piece on the board, and that would be Theon guarding Bran. Is this now uh, amongst the worst plans you've ever heard? I mean, it's satisfying insofar as I think we're finally going to get to watch Theon die. I, I so was waiting for John to be good. like, what does this show make us root for? <laughs> I was waiting for John to be like, guys, we're pivoting to video. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Um, I mean, like, is the idea that, that yeah, I, I think it um, it seems quite thorny. It seems like uh, one possibility is that Bran will be captured, but that there will be survivors from this whole thing. Um, so that seems like one option. Um, yeah, it seems like a terrible idea. I mean, I guess good for Theon, uh, but I don't understand why anyone keeps giving him an opportunity to be like, no, but this time I truly will be less of a coward. I don't know. I think it's a bad plan. But we don't know what's going on with the dragon, so I guess in that sense it's a little uh, TBD. Yeah, what I assume the Night King was off screen for that last uh that last scene just because he's on the dragon presumably well and you know they had ghosts standing on the ramparts so they only had time for one cgi thing i think is what we were supposed to draw from that but ghost ghost back. back yeah ghost, ghost back, back. Um, uh, yeah yeah so what how do you think this is the, like this next episode is going to play out because it seems like obviously it's going to be generally start to finish the the battle what do you think yes. is we're going to walk away from this like where are all the pieces going to be i think that winter Fall, Winterfell will fall. There we go. Winterfell. It will have Winterfell in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't think that many people will survive. I think that I mean this may just require us to pivot to our draft uh, in a minute here, but I I suspect that they will lose a large portion of the North. Uh, it seems like they could lose a dragon, but uh, I don't know how that's going to go. And then I think that they will have to like, you know, beat a hasty path to the, to the iron islands to regroup at which point, like, you know, I, I suppose if he survives, someone's going to have to get on Tyrion's ass for having yet another terrible plan. Although he didn't hatch this one all by himself. So maybe he will uh, survive Danny's wrath. Could be true. Yeah. I would, I would imagine iron islands or, or you could just run to King's Landing and say, well, now you have to fight with us because we're all here and these people are coming. Or you could run to Dragonstone because there's more uh, Dragonglass there. I don't know. This seems like sure. the, those are the three options. Sure. And I think it kind of really depends, like, who survives. Yeah, and also, you like, know? the some some party from Winterfell has to end up where Cersei is so that there is some, you know, battle between her and... Either, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is still that is still pending. So. I, I guess I don't. I would assume since this battle is coming at this point, there will be another battle 
or another sort of skirmish or mutiny of some sort later. And then this is just sort of like the big, like everybody running toward each other on a big field is here. And yeah. then be something smaller later. Yeah. Unless the elephants show up. Unless oh. Cersei gets her elephants. What? What if Ghost rode an elephant? Would, would that, you... I'd be down for that. That'd be cool. <laughs> be Let's do it. Do you think Major Let's League Baseball would have a whole day about, about ghost riding elephants? <laughs> Well, it would make things easier for the A's when they're planning their uh, their next Game of Thrones promo, I suppose. That's true. Why do they? I don't know why elephants are part of their deal, but I guess they have been for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you, uh, as the rest of baseball and otherwise Twitter saw, if you watched it on HBO Go, that the title of the episode was sixty ninth yeah. episode? Did, did you let out a nice? I sighed because I was like, oh, Twitter's. It's nice when we can come together to make the same joke. It's nice when we can all join hands together to do that. Yeah, I tweeted today about Ronnie Mauricio being our 68th best prospect, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get so many almost nices on there. And I didn't get that many, but if it was 69th, I would have gotten a bunch of nice. I almost yes. wanted to just say it incorrectly. Um, so, all right, going back to our 1 to 10 scale, um, uh-huh. how in are you on Leanna Mormont? I mean, in. I'd, I would vote for her for president. I would follow her into battle. Uh, I would, uh, you know, I, I'm in. Of course I'm in. It's interesting to me because her her level of sort of confidence and heroism and just sort of speaking stuff the way it is doesn't come with the sort of, uh, we'll say, downfalls of people that often have those qualities. And so yeah. it's almost like, oh, we've like... We've captured leadership into like a ten-year-old girl's body, and, yeah. we, and we it got all the good stuff, and we don't have any of the bad stuff yet. Yeah, she's a pip. We like her. We vote yes. I'm very nervous for her, though. I'm very worried. Going Although back to- she, she won't be in the crypt, so maybe she'll be maybe she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, ironically, she'll be out there completely outnumbered with a sword, fighting people three times her size, and she'll be safe. <laughs> yeah, she'll be like, huh, oh, this is fine. Uh, on a scale of one to ten. Um, uh huh. How excited were you when Brienne smiled real big? Oh, I was very happy. I was, I, it was a 10. It was a 10 for me. I enjoyed this entire episode. I thought it was lovely. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, again, makes me very nervous for her. It was too nice. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was lovely. You know, the, the show has so few, um, so few nice moments, but when they happen, they do feel very earned because, you know, we've been trudging through various quests with her for years now. You know, uh, again, like if if Maisie Williams didn't look like perpetually a child, uh, I would have been super psyched for, for Arya, too, because it's like, yeah, this has been budding for a while. Like, uh, so I was quite pleased I thought it was nice. I liked that, uh, you know, that it was Jamie that did it. So you got some good full circle on their, you know, friend, love, whatever they have. Uh, so it was beautiful. What, now I'm very nervous for everyone who was in that room. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you want them to have? Let's say they both get out of this episode. Where would you like that storyline to go? I don't know. I think that uh, I think that it would be nice to have another couple on this show uh, to root for that isn't bound by incest. So, I guess <laughs> team team Jamie and Brienne. But uh, uh, I kind of feel like she might find that whole the, the whole thing sort of frivolous. You know, she's got a quest to quest after. But don't you but, think um, she would she would see the way I see it that uh, Jamie and Brienne's baby would have like some of the best genes. 
in, in all the seven kingdoms. Are you scouting an, the unborn child? <laughs> I mean, you got the size, you got the twitch, you got the looks. Jesus. You got the, you got the fair hair. I don't know. It's what just... tool grades do you think you're putting on that? Is that kid a – do you think that kid's a uh, – more of a sort of a general sort, so we're we're concerned with the mental aspect of their game, or do you think that they're going for just like pure uh, size and speed, or is it a potent combination of both? I feel like it's one of those things where people say that if Brad Pitt wasn't as good looking, he would have been a character actor, but he's so good looking, so he has to be uh, a leading man. I feel like that. I feel like this person will will have you know boy or girl um, mm-hmm. that their, their child will have so many built-in advantages of to somewhat famous people, especially if they get out of this alive, I would imagine they'll be They're... famous for, you know, killing the Night King and whatnot. Sure. And then have such good genes, it'll be like, oh, this person has to be in charge in some way. Like they, They're they have... bound for leadership. Yeah, whether they're good at it or not, they're going to be Brad Pitted into a high position. You know, my favorite moment of Brad Pitt's entire acting career is when he got shot in the head in uh, Burn After Reading. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> oh, no. I've never seen that movie. All I know is the gif of him dancing when he looks like an idiot, which I yeah. enjoy every time. I just admire people who, as filmmakers, are willing to shoot Brad Pitt in the head. I think that that's admirable because he is so handsome. And so you're making a, you know, I laughed very hard. And it's it's played for a laugh. You're supposed to laugh in that moment. Um, sorry for ruining that movie for you, but you were I, never going to yeah, watch I'm, it anyway. I'm not going to see that. I know. Um, w- all right, going back to the 1 to 10 scale. Um, <laughs> how good was the mic drop? Uh, when uh, Brand Brand dropped that zinger on Jamie and the council oh, deal, terrific, very good, very very good. I liked that entire scene because, uh, you know, he I, I thought him just standing by his decisions uh, made a lot of sense within the context of the show. But I think it it is always um, good to see characters who are otherwise comfortable unsettled, and uh, no one could have could have delivered that line uh, in quite the same way as Bran did. And it was nice to have, you know, Bran having a moment where he wasn't just being a real, do you swear on this show? How, uh, what did we, we yeah, decide? Yeah, we do. We don't even apologize. Okay, so I won't apologize for saying it. it was nice to see Bran, like, just have a moment where he wasn't being a real fucking weirdo. As much as I have enjoyed him being a real weirdo uh, so far, I am team weird Bran. Uh, it was nice to have him be like, oh, can I, can I get one? I uh, I also laughed that that was you know one of the, one of the better burns in the history of the show and like nobody responded. Everyone just thought he was just like talking nonsense. They're just like yeah yeah yes. whatever. Shut up, dude. We got something going on here. <laughs> but sometimes it's like when I make very obscure um, philosophy references in my writing. I know that not very very many people are going to get them, but I know it really lands with a couple of folks who do. And you know, Bran he got he got that one in. You know that Lingo. was the that was the pecan milk of references. You're like oh I. <laughs> I read a lot of Kierkegaard. You you might not be familiar with it. I don't know if it I've, came out I've before. Read, yeah. I've read a lot of Kierkegaard. It is a true fact of my life. Ugh. See, and I don't know anything about that. I just was starting down the sentence, and I was like, "What what word's going to okay. come out?" I'm like, "Oh, it's going to be that one." Here we go, Kierkegaard. Okay. You, you did fine. Um, lastly, uh, how are you feeling about Daenerys the villain? Because that seems to be oh. where we're headed. Yeah, we seem like we have. Do you think that the heel turn is coming? Do you, do you think that that's going to go down? Yeah, I guess the problem is this episode was too um, sweet in also the sense that I think everyone thinks yeah. they're going to die. So the sweet stuff comes out like everyone says the stuff they were thinking. And uh, leading up to this moment, aside from the impending doom of everyone thinking they're going to die, um, there was a lot of like, uh, hey, maybe the North will be OK with this if uh, you know Sansa signs off on it. And like, you know, right. John's already been uh, he's got the bona fides of being the king of the North. And he said, hey, you got to trust her. And now Sansa's coming around. You're like, all right, if they weren't getting, you know, 
if they weren't going to get killed by uh, all the undead, then this might have been able to work in such a way, and then they'd go down and topple Cersei, and now they got enough land for everybody to spread out, and it'd be fine. And then, of <laughs> course, you, then um, Danny has to be told this, and then, you know, obviously John's got some, some proof, uh, but you could see why if somebody... If somebody's like whole life is built toward one thing, and then you're basically casually telling them like, "Hey, my buddy said uh, you can't do that anymore," you're, like that'd probably be your reaction too <laughs> if you were that person. Yeah, I think that. Um, well, first of all, I I don't think that things are especially copacetic between uh, Danny and Sansa. I think that conversation, abrupt and interrupted as it was, did not did not go the way Danny wanted it to because Sansa's too keen, she's too smart. Um, but yeah, no, I think that you. You know, you have to have an enemy within as well as without, I suppose. Uh, I think it all really depends on, like, what what John decides to do in this moment. Uh, because, uh, you know, he he has not shown sort of the... the oh, I was just about to use a terrible philosophy reference. He hasn't shown a, a particular propensity for, like, grabbing power in the past. It's been thrust upon him, which is why he remains, like, this heroic character within a story that doesn't seem keen on heroes. But, I don't know, he looked a little shifty down there in the crypts. Looked a little shifty. So, uh, I don't know, maybe a conflict is coming. I do feel bad for Danny in some ways because... Um, you know, she's only ever just wanted the one thing. And now it seems like she's not going to be able to get the one thing, at least not without um, either, you know, k- killing her boyfriend or um, or having people doubt her, her claim. Um, well, it also sort yeah. of reveals her hypocrisy where it's like, oh, oh yeah. I've, I've got the claim to the throne. And, like, it's all about, like, you know, freeing slaves and stuff. It's like, right. eh, it's actually about power. You're just saying it's about that yeah. stuff because it's convenient. <laughs> Right. It's like, uh, I don't think that this um, will result in, say, the first um, Westerosi constitutional convention or anything. <laughs> Sam's Ben Franklin. I got that one yeah. called. Oh, oh, no, he's 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 nowhere near that gross <laughs> of a human person. Ben, not the best. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very, I'm a little worried. I don't think that it will be sort of a Mad King heel turn because she seems quite sound uh, mentally, but I think that she has some, she might have some shenanigans uh, up her sleeves, although it's really going to depend because I don't think that most of the Unsullied are getting out of there. So then what does she have but dragons which like granted that's a that's a big thing to have but um i think that we might end up seeing um her her strength significantly depleted after this battle my my it's, question and this may be better suited to um maester level knowledge um uh, really? how, how do you breed dragons aren't all the living ones right now male i don't know man can, can you make other ones are there other other eggs floating around cuz i feel like this no is idea. Like it's, this puts me in the mindset of like, uh, hey, we might get uh, um, we might get real fucked up here, guys. Uh, how about we we get like the farm team going? Let's get like five dragon eggs hatching and have them in the background. Have them leave town now, and then maybe if like three people get out of this, they can have five dragons. You know, ten years from now, or I don't know. It just seems no, like that's I, a renewal, not a renewable resource. And, no, I think the whole idea from the beginning was that like there had not been dragons for a very very long time. And then, you know, she had she hatched these three, right? So I think it's quite tricky. Uh, I don't think that that is an option, sadly. I, I think what I'm asking is from my um, Silicon Valley end of things is, is, is hatching Dragon X scalable? Can we, can we really no. – can we get some no. capital and scale this up? I do not think there is economies of scale there. I think it is a bespoke business. Um. <laughs> it's 
It's I think there are, yeah. there, there are artisanal dragons. It's, it, again, it's the pecan milk of uh, weapon growth. Ugh. It's not milk. <laughs> so it's pecan juice. It's barely juice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have any other things to add, or are we ready to do our draft? I think we're ready to draft. All right. Well, uh, because I so thoroughly trounced you and Eric in our last draft, I'll let you go first. Thank um, you. <laughs> Where? So the, I, the idea here is that we are drafting from from most to I guess by the end of it at least, but the the most likely to bite it in the next episode. Yes, that is the yes. that's I, the idea behind this draft. And I believe the scoring will go either one you died, zero you didn't die, or it's unclear. And then we can just well, I think we'll both take four or five. I guess we'll get an idea more toward the end of it, and then we'll yeah. just add them up, see who wins, and we'll we'll, right. go, we'll go snake style. Okay, so I am starting with Grey Worm because Grey Worm ain't making it out of next week. <laughs> Poor buddy. He made some promises to his girl. He planned his retirement. He wants to go hang on the beach, and I don't think he's going to get to do any of that. This is not an original thought, but you don't have to be clever with drafts. You just have to be right, and I think I am right. So I'm taking Grey Worm. Yeah, I wish I could just name the rest of the Unsullied because <laughs> there's not going to be many of them left. Do no, you, I think they're toast. Do you listen to the Ringer podcast to watch? Uh, I do. Did, did you hear what they said this week when, uh, <laughs> when Andy was talking about the um, who had the McBain moment of the episode? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. When, all right, so for people who don't listen to it, there is a moment on the um, – so on The Simpsons, there is a like movie within the show that's like a Schwarzenegger knockoff. And the guy's named McBain. And there's a scene in the movie within the show where he goes and meets his friend at the beginning of a movie. And he says, oh, I'm about to retire and move on to my boat. And he shows him a picture and it's called Live Forever. <laughs> and then, like, of course that guy dies in the movie. Yes. yes. And so they were joking that Grey Worm was number one on the uh, McBain Live Forever scale after he's, like, yeah. planning his retirement right before in a giant battle where they're going to lose. I was listening to that as I was grocery shopping before we recorded. And I will say that I did prep before... I went grocery shopping and Grey Worm was still number one on my list with a bullet. Uh, but I was I was happy to hear from uh, experts that my instincts were right. So there we go. Well, yeah, Poor Grey Worm. I, I, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty secure that my second and third picks will be sort of consensus types. But after that, I'm not really sure how to rank these. So sure. there may be some surprises. Um, All right. Who are you taking? So my, my two picks are going to be Brienne and Jorah. Yeah. I feel like they've both been uh, – well, I, I guess one way to do this would say whose, um, whose storyline arcs have seemed to be completed. And yeah. Brian seems to be real complete right now. <laughs> yeah. And I, you'd, you'd like to say she's going to end up on like uh, you know sipping a, sipping a fruity drink on a beach at the end of this thing. But like I don't, I don't feel like that's the story we're watching. I don't think she will. Yeah. Okay. And then Jorah, uh, and- I, he's, he, you know, he's yeah. got that sword that he got from, uh, from Sam. So – I guess, uh, I mean, sword's got to go somewhere. I don't, I don't think bad guys are going to end up with that, but he, he sure feels he's like he's say. done everything he's going to do, and he's going to die uh, defending Danny when she gets in like physical trouble, which I'm sure will happen at some point. Um, I am taking. Um, uh, I'm trying to decide like how I, I think that I'm. I think that I will take um, with my next two. Right, I'm taking two people. Yep. I'm going to take Tormund. Mm. Because, I don't know, in in horror movies, um, the really horny people die first. So we're going <laughs> to port that logic over to, to this. Uh, also, just because, like, how many jokes can the guy tell? Uh, we've already heard the, the giant smoke story, so I don't know where you go from there. Uh, and then I think that, uh, that Beric is going to 
is going to go with yep. his flaming sword. Um, so that's those are my two. Uh, real, real, it could be a real rough, um, a real rough go for the people who went north of the wall. It's like you all survived. You're maybe on borrowed time. Candidly, uh, I will admit I had to look up this guy's name, um, Ed. <laughs> the yeah, guy, oh, the other guy Ed. from the Night's Watch. He, he isn't it like, Ed with two D's? It is. Yeah. <sighs> He doesn't feel like he's getting a ton of shine. I don't really know what his uh, trajectory is other than he wasn't in charge of the Night's Watch and everybody left and then he was. And now he's just like the third guy in a bunch of scenes. And so when they need someone early to die where you can be like, oh, no, that guy. I know him. Um, He can serve the role of that guy. Um, I will say Tormund and Beric were both on on my board. Tormund, I wonder, does he have enough – is he like enough of a survivor that he squeaks through? Because, like, normally you would say Davos seems like he's a guy where he's like, oh, I don't have any skills. It's like, yeah, but he just keeps surviving. So, like, maybe he's the guy that squeaks out of this one again. Um, Yeah, I think that he might make it. Um, Like, I could be wrong on Tormund, but I don't think I am. But I could be. I I see the logic. It could could work out for him. uh, My next pick, uh, I'm just going to go with Theon because I want him to die. And it sounds like he's definitely going to die this season. Wait, you just picked... Oh yeah, you you're picking again. Never mind. I take it all back. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I want yeah, I want him to die, and he's he's uh, he's protecting um, Bran, and so he has to yeah. die. But it might not be in this episode. But I want him to die, so I'm going to take him. That's fair. Um, I don't really have any more strong feelings. I just have a couple more names. Yeah, I have a couple more. We maybe we'll go we'll go to five total yeah five total each okay um i i hate to say this because again i would vote for her for president but i'm gonna take liana interesting yeah i'm just worried you know she's just this little wee thing and she doesn't have a sword she doesn't have a good sword that we know of that's true nervous for her and then i have one that is potentially devastating and i really hope i'm wrong but i think that um we're gonna draft them as a combo and if you think that's cheating then you can say but i think that gillian and little sam might not might not make it out of those crypts someone someone important is biting it in those crypts and i don't think that it will be um i don't think that it'll be Tyrion. so i think that they might just like try to destroy us emotionally uh and do uh gilly we sam um bit but maybe I will be wrong, and Jorah will die, and Sam will reclaim the sword, and then he'll protect them. That could happen too. That's true. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not rooting for the, either of your last two. Picks. I'm not root. I'm not <laughs> rooting for them. I am not rooting for them. I will be devastated. I will probably cry real tears. But I think it's possible. Uh, my my next pick is also one I'm not rooting for. Um, but they have done they've done a pretty good job uh, getting rid of the direwolves. I don't think Ghost is making it out of this one. Oh no. Yeah. And then my last one, I'm going back and forth. Um, I'll take your input since I guess this is going to be the last pick. Um, Wait, didn't you? Don't you already have five? I thought we were doing five total. Let's see. You got one, two. Don't you have Brienne, Jorah, Ed, Theon, and Ghost? We can go six. Wait, do you have five or six? I have five because I'm I'm doing Gilly and Sam, We Sam as a combo. Oh, okay. I have Grey Worm, Tormund, Beric, Lyanna, Gilly, We Sam. <laughs> Well, my last two that I was trying to decide between. You can decide if there's one a good one in here. Uh, one, okay. Podrick. We know who he is. I don't think he has anything oh. else to do. And he feels like he's a guy um, like Ed, where like he could die. He'd be like, oh, that guy. But like, what was he really going to do? Um, I have another funny moment in King's Landing. Maybe. Yeah. 
And then the other one is, I think it would now mean much more than it would have before. Uh, but Gendry got some. Doesn't that mean by the horror movie corollary, he has to die? <laughs> uh, sure. I feel like I, think... I feel like Gendry's more likely because that would actually deliver a blow. Whereas like Podrick, yeah. I could see him kind of like laying in the back. <laughs> After after Gendry already had, uh, I, and Patrick sure. is a legend in that in that regard. I know it's very confusing. There, you know, I'm here to tell you that the sexual politics of this show are not always the best. But you you can't um, you can't say negative things about the about the politics without besmirching the name of Major League Baseball. So uh, yeah, it's such a weird alliance. Do you think that David Appleman's going to be happy we did this podcast? I think he'll like it. He watches Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think it just depends on the clicks. I mean, uh, I get I, them I, clicks. I, yeah, I think he's just one for uh, commerce uh, above all. And Aww. I know that's the case with you. Um, I'm, yeah. You know, sometimes I I got some some feelings about things, but I'm I'm mostly about money. Sure. Yeah. No. Definitely, my topic selection as a writer indicates that clicks are my foremost concern. <laughs> doing great do you think that eric will be irritated that we have uh made your podcast about game of thrones temporarily i mean his wife's into it so like i think that would then cause a problem i mean maybe we should call jill and have her her, uh, way in (laughs) perhaps for future episodes yeah she for people who don't know uh the rapport that jill and i have which would be pretty much everyone other than jill and eric than meg and eric uh jill likes to make fun of me (laughs) yeah well, like, you, like a uh, lot. <laughs> you offer targets. That's we true. We like to make fun of you, Kylie, but we do it with great affection because we have affection for you. Unlike the characters on Game of Thrones and their creators where I don't think that George R.R. R. Martin or the guys who run that show like any of the people on this show because they tried to make their deaths grisly and sometimes very sad. Yeah, and like we discussed last time, I I, I still think this is going to be a version of a Marvel movie, but I guess we just saw a Marvel movie where like half the people died. Uh, I, I, it sounds like the movie that's about to come out, they're going to reverse a lot of that. Um, yeah, that seems likely. Yeah, I guess, I guess we're going to have to have our emergency Avengers Endgame podcast next week. So we're just going to. I'm not going to end up seeing that in theaters for quite a while, but sure. Where you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to join the Ringer so I can just do podcasts about movies and TV shows. <laughs> I yeah, um, we are we are going to launch the first FanGraphs Movies and Lifestyle podcast. <laughs> Hey, I'm about to redo a kitchen. I feel like I, I mean, our Instagram can be taken over by some nice kitchen shots. Well, I keep saying you guys need to put your pets on there with the high speed, but neither of you listen to me. It's like I'm not in charge at all. Well, yeah, Scott was on Twitter, and the problem is I did pull the camera out um, when she's running around in the backyard to get her to try to run toward me. But it uh-huh. turns out when I'm holding the camera up, it's sort of big and oh, weird looking enough. Oh, does it scare enough. her? Yeah, she just oh. isn't sure. what's. She doesn't want to run toward me when she's like, what is that thing? Oh, poor Scout. She's also a rescue, and she's like, if I drop something in the kitchen, she runs like three rooms away. So it's, yeah, she's a little little squeamish. So if it's not, if it doesn't look like the runway is clear for her to like run full speed into my face, um, then she's probably not going to. So if I can, I I guess I'd need to get somebody to come over and like sort of set up an obstacle course to trick her into running in full, and so she could be captured in slow motion. I guess. Yeah, you'll have, you'll have to enlist a friend in the greater Atlanta area to, to come and take video. Well, but. first, I'm going to need to get a friend. Anyway, that's all for this week's episode. Uh, Meg, thank, thank you for playing the Eric part. I feel like you uh, read your lines with a plum. Oh, thank you. I'll do and, my best. And, and to all of you listeners, we apologize for not being as regular. We um, have been traveling a lot, and obviously that will uh, slow down a lot now as we need to sort of be 
tethered to our houses to write reports and cut video and do draft things. Um, I'm so, very demanding as a boss, so get on it, guys. So the, 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 this has been an episode of the entitled McDongan Hagenowley Project. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> well, I feel so honored to get incorporated into the title. Oh, my goodness. I, I will say I only did that because you complained that the title was too long, and now it's your fault. Now it's longer. Good, 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 good. <laughs> All right. We will see you guys next next week. I don't know. We'll see you guys at some point. Later.